0: 1250 WGAM, Manchester, WGHM, Nashua.
1: stretch run here on a Friday. ESPN New Hampshire, I'm your host Jimmy Murphy, Justin Sullivan working the boards, Bob Bardis sitting alongside, and that of course goes out to all Marines here on Veterans Day. Hoorah! Thank you for your service. And joining us right now, as promised, is former NHL referee, Paul Stewart. Stewie, how you doing?
2: Oh, well, I'm all well inspired now, I'm going to dig out all my John Wayne DVDs and...
3: <laughs>
1: the
2: town with a big box of popcorn.
3: <laughs> nice. Actually,
2: before I head out for the uh, varsity men's game at Brown tonight. So i I'll hope wh- in Cornell weekend.
1: I hope one of those uh, John Wayne movies is The Quiet Man. One well, of my favorites. Well, it
2: would be normally, but the fans uh, of Iwo Jima yes. are more appropriate yes, for, today's, so. yep. for today's. I was just watching NCIS and I, I think the uh, one of the best episodes I've seen is the one when the uh, Medal of Honor recipient from EWO uh, was uh, having flashbacks and, and post-traumatic stress syndrome after all those years, and talked about how he, he had to, uh, he silenced his best friend who had been wounded. Yes. And it was a great story, and I I, I looked at that as, you know, they showed Arlington and the sign of respect. And, of course, you think about that great Marine statue just outside the gates mm-hmm. of Arlington. And uh, it, it does inspire and it certainly gives cause for being proud of being an American.
1: Yeah, and I come from i Marine. I
2: like watching the, the 9 a.m. news this morning and watching all, oh, all those... Uh,
1: Moment. We, we don't talk about that on this show, and we're done. Politics uh, yeah. and hockey shouldn't yeah. mess, right? No, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. And uh, quickly, before we move on from John Wayne, a quick story, and I don't know if you knew this, Paul, um, but our mutual friend, uh, Mr. Sean Thornton, former Boston Bruin, uh, he was named after John Wayne's character in that movie. His grandmother was from Belfast, and it was her favorite movie, and uh, she named him <coughs> Sean Thornton, and ironically, he went on to become a fighter in the NHL. <laughs>
2: You know, it's one of my favorite movies. And of course, this past year, Maureen O'Hara, the great redhead yeah. uh, Irish act- actress, uh, passed. But uh, anytime you would see her, uh, and of course, Miracle on 34th Street was another that she was in. But that, that movie was a good movie. And The interesting thing is, when you look back at all those old movies and you look at the uh, movie with Humphrey Bogart Sahara or Casablanca or any of those films, Excluding Jimmy Stewart, everyone else smoked.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're right.
2: Jimmy Stewart never smoked in any of his movies.
1: You're right. You're absolutely right. Well, uh, Mr. Stewart, we... We brought you on. Uh, I wanted to talk about Milt Schmidt. I referenced him earlier in the show, and I think it's an appropriate story, uh, what he did during his career. Um, and we're going to play this little clip, and then uh, we'll come back and talk about him. Go ahead, Justin.
4: 22-year-old Milt Schmidt had an all-star season, capturing the NHL scoring title as the Krauts became the dominant forward line of their day.
5: I might say without patting ourselves on the back or anything like that, we became almost an instant success. So much so that in 39-40, the first time in history in the National Hockey League, Woody Dumart, Bobby Bauer and Milt Schmidt, we finished one, two, three in the scoring race in the National Hockey League which was never ever done before. And then in 40-41, we win the Stanley Cup again. Then, unfortunately, four years arrived, otherwise we would have had quite a dynasty, I think. In
4: 1942, Schmidt, Dumard, and Bauer exchanged Bruins jerseys for the uniform of the Royal Canadian Air Force. On his way to overseas duty, Milt thought his family name might pose a problem.
5: Woody Dumart's brother picked me up at our house. I got about three quarters to the car and I turned around and I came back up the steps and I said to mom I said mom I says I don't think the name of Schmidt is gonna go over too well over there now I says do you mind if I change my name to Smith (laughs) she says if you want to you go right ahead and she gave me that privilege to change it if I wanted to when I got overseas I went to a station called Middleton St. George, which was all RAF personnel. And I was accepted there as if I was the king. Boy, they really made me feel home. Well, my name didn't mean anything. It was the uniform and inside that uniform that counted. And to this day, I'm very pleased that I never ever changed my name.
4: During the war years, Milt, Bobby and Woody kept their game sharp playing for military teams. While the line remained together, the Krauts was no longer an appropriate nickname.
5: In Boston, they had a contest. They got to change the name of the Krauts. So they had a contest, and uh, the name that won was the Buddy Line. And uh, then when we got back, I think the Buddy Line lasted maybe about a month. And it got right back to the Krauts. The Crouts are back. <laughs> so uh, we finished our career
4: as a line with the name The Krellts. In 1945, Milt Schmidt returned to the Bruins, where the rugged centerman soon regained his all-star form. The 1950-51 season was filled with personal triumph for Schmidt, as he was named Captain of the Bruins and received the Hart Trophy as League MVP. At number 15 for the Boston Bruins was somebody very special out on the ice. And uh, he was a player that seemed to be so
6: dominant in that era of being not only a good, talented player, but a very tough hockey
4: player. At the same time, he could, he could take it, but he could also dish it up. Well, you touch that guy, I guarantee you this, he got your number. And you know, those years, we were playing 14 games against each other. Seven out of town, seven at home. He had plenty of time.
5: I wasn't a Lady Bing player. I lost that to the opening face-off after
1: the first All right, Stewie, a quick quiz before we uh, talk about Milt. You know who that was at the end?
2: Yeah, that sounded like Boom Boom Jeffrey. Yeah, you? there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're talking to a guy that uh, not only respects the history of of the game, but also of the individuals in the game. I had Matt Boom, boom! Jeffrey on the first time when I was a boy, he was scouting for Atlanta at the Boston Arena, and we shared a box of French fries, the famous arena fries, wow. for twenty five cents. <laughs> and uh, of course, he got the name Boom Boom because he was one of the first players in the history of the game to use the slap shot. So it was boom as the puck hit the uh, <laughs> as the stick hit the puck, and then boom as the puck either hit the goalie or hit the board
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome but like they said I mean uh, milt was uh, he was a heck of a player and he, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet but from everything I've researched and you know better I mean he was he was one tough soB on the ice huh
2: well there's no doubt about that in fact I took him I, I used to uh, work in at the garden and occasionally I would take milk out for lunch and uh, bring him along some people that would enjoy his, his, uh, his color and, his, and certainly his history in the game. And we would talk, and I knew I could always get the digestion going a little faster when I started to talk about Maurice for because uh, there was no love lost between those guys. <laughs> and as, as they said, they played a lot of games against one another. The, the uh, personal side of it was that uh, Milt, uh was from Kitchener. And Kitchener actually was uh a town just a little south and west of Toronto. It wasn't named Kitchener, it was named uh Berlin. And they renamed it in honor of Lord Kitchener, uh also to as 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 Milk alluded, uh, to wash away the German yeah. flavor. And and it's interesting because that's how uh a hot dog became a hot dog instead of a Frankfurter. So there's a little bit of history and a little bit of, uh, aspect of, I guess, uh, the, the derision of, of a nationality because we were at war with them both in, in 1914, 1918 to, to the, uh, to the World War II mm-hmm. era. And it's interesting because I, I knew two thirds of that line. I had, I had no, I knew Bobby Bauer's son, uh, who played at Harvard, but, uh, Milt, uh, of course, uh, lived in Needham, and and Woody had a sporting goods store there. They called him Porky. That was his nickname. He was a big guy. But I know that uh, Chris Smith had interviewed uh, Milt for my book, and uh, I read some of the things that he said, but he has always been a friend of mine. And I consider it one of the great honors of of my hockey life to to be able to say that, that that man in particular uh showed up to every golf tournament that I hosted in memory of my dad and as well he always spoke well of my grandfather and and my family and I, I considered it a great honor that he that he treated me so respectfully.
1: Yeah, and it, just to think about what he did to go to war and then come back and win the heart trophy Stewie, to I me, mean, it, it's just it's simply amazing. Like I never seen it in any other sport, and I, I, I just, I don't know. Like I'm sort of speechless every time I hear that story. It's, it, well, we we think it, of today, and we
2: think of the great the great uh, honors that are are given rightfully so to the veterans, the people who who went off to war or served in the military and and gave their lives to to uh, ensure our freedom. But the interesting thing, and I, I use the word respectfully. In their last game, before they left the, the, the Boston Garden, uh, the the Bruins won the game, and the Montreal Canadiens carried the Kraut line off the ice on their shoulders.
1: Yeah. Imagine that. And
2: and I always think of that as just the ultimate of why I love hockey so much yeah. and why I, I consider myself privileged to have... Uh, people to know people that were there and to have been able to to rub elbows with, with Porky Dumard and, and and Milt Schmidt and even my grandfather who was refereeing at the time after having coached and, and won a Staling Cup in the league. You know, we talk about sports and you talk about Milt coming back and doing that and of course here in Boston uh you know we had Ted Williams who gave his career uh to the military for three years in, in World War Two as a as a marine uh, flying instructor and then went into actual combat in Korea when he was recalled. So we talk about what might have been as far as a dynasty with the Bruins in the front line from forty two to forty five had they not had to serve, but as well the the, the the impact that all those other athletes and all those other sports uh gave but they did so joyfully rightfully and and uh, you know we 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 have to never forget what they did yeah. i know i know that you know a lot of people consider playing hockey a, an entitlement and i i think when you think of those three fellows and what they did it's really a privilege for us to continue to play
1: it really is and you know as you as you speaking i'm just thinking i, I can't see today's generation and, and culture appreciating that and understanding that because it, it's just, it's unheard of today. Well, I don't think
2: they understand the history. And I think that, you know, we, we go back and I'm, I'm, I'm always a tourist when I'm traveling and I'm always a tourist and a, and a student when I'm, when I'm sitting. And I think everyone that I meet along the way, which is why my life has been so full ha- is a book and unto itself, there's, I've been to many uh, remembrance days, what they call it in Canada, yep. and see the veterans with their berets and their medals, and out in front of the, the statue in Ottawa, and standing standing at center ice in Calgary as they play play the uh, the uh, what what their equivalent of taps, which is uh, the last call, I think they. Mm-hmm. And, and the interesting thing is that you know if that that the way that horn sounds, we're listening to. The great Irish tenor uh, John McDermott, uh, when he sings, you know the fields of um, Athenry. Of, uh, yeah, well, it's it's interesting because they talk about you know the, the battles and and the, and you know will they know you when they lower you down and all of that. And, and then I I sit and I watch uh, every year when they pick the Hobie Baker and I and I read the history and I go to Princeton and I see his skates and his stick and his gloves in the case there think about him, you know, he died in December of 1918, a month after the war, mm-hmm. testing an airplane on his way home, which was supposedly and allegedly bad luck. It was so for him. But he was a great uh, athlete and, and in the Hall of Fame, even though, you know, he never played in the NHL and he never played pro, but he was a great amateur player in all the sports he played, a St. Paul's boy. Concord, New Hampshire and, and you know, he's buried in, in New Jersey, uh, wow. just on the other side of, of Philadelphia. So when you think of, of those people that did what they did, and also while they were in Europe, you know, the Canadian players, uh a lot not just the the front line, but all those that served had a great love of hockey. Yeah. And they they brought the game to Germany as they occupied it, and that's how the Russians, you know, looked at the game and, and then started to develop wow. it in their own way. Because and they they were getting used equipment from the from the uh, from the Americans and from the Canadians, of course. <laughs> and look at what the war did. It, it also brought the game of hockey to, to Europe, and and it was interesting because the the uh, it had been always. There, but not quite as emphasized as it, as it became, and how it and how it, it travels. So to the point that we have some of the best players in, in the National Hockey League are, are Russians, and, and certainly, I is still slugging away. You know, he can't, can't get away from the foul to use with that guy. So <laughs> I think I think a lot of a lot of the impact is subtle that people perhaps don't realize. And, yeah. and Murph for the rules. In 1943, they changed the rules to accommodate the this, you know, the great disparity between the youngest players in the NHL, like a Beth Quinlan at age 16, and then guys like Eddie Shore who were 42, 43, and Ching Johnson, and-, right. and others like that. And they so they put the red line in and made a two line pass to slow the game down to have an artificial barrier in the middle of the ring. And now, of course, the NHL for the first time football is in international hockey and did away with the red line and the two-line pass, and, and icons such as Bobby Orr and others that are first in the game want to, to put the red line in, and the two-line pass back because they feel it's, it's the cause of many of the great uh, collisions and injuries that are happening.
1: Yep, I know, and we've had that discussion, and it is very interesting, but Uh, I think that's interesting too the point you brought up the influence it had of the the players when they were at war and then they put that in Uh, great stuff Stewie as always that's why we have you on this show because you're a walking encyclopedia my friend and I appreciate the knowledge and the appreciation of the history of the sport and of course uh, for those who served
2: I always get a kick out of coming on Murph and I think you're doing a great job and it's great to have you back on the air and ESPN was smart to do it but I just say this that that the uh, the enjoyment that so many people get from hockey, we, we should never forget where it started and how it came about, and respect and appreciate all of that. And and certainly uh, today, I had a little uh, a chill in my heart for for uh, all those veterans uh, standing and sitting at, at the tombs of the unknown in Washington. Yes. And uh, for those that forget how lucky we are, uh, just take a take a drive through. Uh, the uh, Colleville Cemetery in in Normandy, France, or or go off to Cambridge, England, and see the 7,000 graves of American boys that never will come home.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure, well said. Stewie, uh, be good, my friend, Godspeed, and I will uh, hopefully see you around the rinks. Semper Fi. Semper Fi for my dad. Thank you very much. That is Paul Stewart, former NHL referee. And this is a song my dad, actually. It's nice he said that right then. This is a song my dad used to sing to me as a kid. Walser Matilda, as we honor our veterans here on Veterans Day on the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. We'll be back.
6: Well, how in that hell that they call so blabby We were butchered like lambs at the slaughter. Johnny Turkey was ready He primed himself well He shared us with bullets And he rained us with shells And in five minutes flat he blown us all to hell Nearly blew us Right back to Australia And the band
0: Played St. It's the Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Weekdays from 3 to 6 right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Christian and King. One game? Yeah, one game was ridiculous. One? No, it was ridiculous.
7: You got ripped when you gave
0: Ray Rice 2 So Two. You're going to give
6: this guy one? Yeah, no, it's just, and this wrong? guy, and this guy's really bad. Josh Brown's ex-wife told police of over 20 physically violent yes. instances. Police were called on multiple occasions to the Browns' residence in Washington State, St. Louis, and New Jersey over the years. Jeez, three states, come on.
0: Weekdays, noon to three on ESPN New Hampshire Radio and streaming live on ESPNNHradio.com. Which is worse? a trip to the hospital, or the fees and bills
6: that come with it. At the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center, they provide a comfortable and friendly environment while offering high-quality imaging for open MRI and low-dose CAT scans and ultrasounds, all at an affordable price. Their modern technology allows for accurate diagnosis while ensuring complete patient comfort and safety. For more information or to set up an appointment, please call 603-622-3670 or visit bedfordsurgical.com or baskimaging.com
0: an espn radio extra point with dan Lebatard and stu gots
8: stu gots is down on steve kerr and stan van gundy
0: i am i mean you know it's it's easy
6: to come out or easier i should say to come out before or after the election after we're armed with the results and trust me i know this because i usually make my opinions once i'm armed with the results okay i'm captain hindsight So it's easy to come out now and say the things that they're saying, and Stan was first, and then Steve Kerr piled on. Where were those words a couple of weeks ago, a month ago? Where were they? Because perhaps they could have influenced some sort
8: of change. Yeah, it's harder to do. That's why Ali was remembered the way that he was recently when we buried him. It's harder to do then. And it's why Stan is beating himself up over... he, He doesn't feel like he was particularly strong earlier.
4: When it comes to commercial vehicles, it's time to drill down to the details. If you're not driving the new Sprinter Worker from Mercedes Benz, your van just isn't cutting it. The Sprinter Worker takes payload up a notch, carrying up to 3,512 pounds. Its cargo volume is cranked up too, with over 300 cubic feet of space. When it comes to safety, it's unmatched, but it's the price that'll really hammer it home. The new Sprinter Worker starts at just $32,495. It also has a service interval of up to 20,000 miles and the highest residual value in its class, according to ALG. Put that in your pipe and weld it. Huge capacity, small price, starting at just $32,495. The all-new Sprinter Worker, starting at only $32,495. Mercedes-Benz. Vans born to run.
0: SFA for a 2016 Sprinter Worker excludes all options, taxes, title, registration, transportation, charge, and dealer prep. Options, monitorability, and actual dealer price may vary. See dealer for details.
6: Beals Insurance Agency is proud to announce the opening of their new Londonderry office. Located on Route 102, Beals Insurance is committed to serving Londonderry, Hudson, Wyndham, and Litchfield while offering the best price and quality coverage that's right for you. Whether it's home, auto, or business insurance, make the right call with Beals Insurance Agency. Call Steve at 603-471-9999 or visit BealsInsurance.com.
8: These are not ponies because this is Budweiser. Brewed the hard way, not the easy way. And with 12 breweries across the country, Budweiser isn't small or imported. This is the famous Budweiser beer. It's not backing down and it hasn't since 1876. Budweiser. This Bud's for you. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Budweiser beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Do you feel like you've been
6: benched or sent down to the minors? Are you paying the correct amount of child support? Let a team of experts help you out. That team is Bardis Law. There is nothing more important in your life than your kids. You wouldn't cut corners for them? Don't cut corners on your legal representation. Don't show up without your starters. Going to court without an attorney is like playing without a coach and without a playbook. Let Bartis Law get you back in the huddle so we can call the play. Call Bardis Law at 603-420-8588 or visit www.bardislaw.com.
0: Every big sports moment can be heard right here on ESPN New Hampshire.
9: Classic a shot. Down in front. Picked up by Crosby. Locked down the ice. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have won the Stanley Cup. Flips to Jacob Three for the win. It's good. the three!
0: Steps back, puts up a three, won't go, final seconds, it's
6: over, it's over! Cleveland is a city of champions, the Cavaliers are NBA
0: champions! We've got it all here, this is ESPN New Hampshire. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at ESPN New Hampshire, and follow our Twitter at ESPN NH Today.
1: Acre's away for all you Navy alums that serve for us. Honoring you here on Veterans Day as we do all service members. And that goes out to our good friend Jason, uh, who patrols the oceans. And now he patrols uh, the back of the building here where we reside at ESPN New Hampshire. And uh, is always a a faithful listener of this show. And I appreciate him uh, telling us that and listening. So that's for you, Jason. Thank you for your service, my friend. And on to talk about the Celtics here on the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire is our own Patrick Gilroy. Mr. Gilroy, how are you, my friend?
9: Oh, I am living the dream, Mr. Murphy. How are you doing?
1: Uh, I am doing great, you know, and uh, we're, we're paying our respects to all our, our veterans today. And uh, do you have any family members or friends that served?
9: I do. I, I, I've got quite a few. Uh, it would take a long time to go through the list, but <laughs> That's, the good news is- I've got, I've got a show to do in about an hour and a half at the station, so I'll have an hour uh, because I'm not going to want to talk about the Celtics and their lack of defense and their unimpressive plays. <laughs> but I might as well salute uh, my uncles, my grandfather, <laughs> uh, my friends that have all you know stepped up and served.
1: There you go. And uh, if only the Celtics could play with a bit of the passion they had uh, for our country. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we went over it with uh, Chris Forsberg yesterday, and I think you and I touched on it a bit after the Brooklyn game. We didn't want to get too worried about it. It was only one game. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and now you look back, and, and it was sort of a, a bit of foreshadowing there. And I, I think that, you know, this team, as I said to Chris Forsberg yesterday, and you agreed with me in your text to me today, they forgot why they were getting all these clippings and this hype. It, it wasn't because they're the uh, second coming of the uh, Showtime Lakers or the Dynasty Bulls or the Dynasty Celtics. Uh, it's because they were grinders and they were hard workers and they they were defense first and they were scrappers. And, and we're not seeing any of that right now. And I ask you, what does Brad Stevens need to do to get that identity back?
9: You know, I, I will say this. It, it, it's something that I think will come. Uh, a couple things I would encourage Celtics fans to do, go back to last year and the year before, Matter of fact, the year before that, this is Brad Stevens' fourth season here, and all four seasons, so the 26-win season, the 40-win season, the 48-win season, and now this season, the Celtics have started off at three and four. Um, last year, they were 500 through January. They're, they're a bit of a, a slow-starting team. Now, the numbers that trouble you are the, of course, the off-the-chart uh, lack of defense and the off-the-chart, off-the-charts off lack of rebounding. Uh, last year, the Celtics only lost. Or only trailed in a game by 20 points eight times the entire season. They've trailed in three consecutive games by 20 points. So these and, are the numbers, and not to good teams either. Exactly. So, so this is this is the you know the, the troubling issue here. It's not helping matters that the Celtics have been forced to to start Jalen Brown. Yeah. Uh, you know, Brad Stevens has hinted at the fact that that Jalen may not start tonight. He may tweak the starting lineup a little bit, but there isn't. You don't have any veteran depth at the wing position to go to. So it, it's. It's sort of the perfect storm right now. I think the Celtics are guilty of buying into their hype a little bit, a little bit, and that's, that's going to happen. Uh, this is the NBA. And these guys have got just incredible egos. So let's say they bought into their hype, and then they don't have their, their biggest and best grinder by far is Jay Crowder. And the season did go south last year after Crowder got hurt. Go so back, the Celtics were lucky the last 30 games of the season to play a, a 500 ball. Uh, the Celtics really built their lead in the Eastern Conference, uh, January through the beginning of March. And then Jay Crowder went down, and the Celtics slipped a bit. They slipped all the way down to the seventh seed uh, in early April last year. Nobody wants to remember this. Uh, Jay Crowder is a huge part of what they do on the defensive end. Yeah, he gives you 15 points a game, but he really sets the tone defensively. And to lose Crowder early on when you're trying to integrate a new player, a new all-star player in Al Horford, it's a problem. It doesn't excuse what the Celtics are doing or what they're not doing defensively, Avery Bradley came out to start the season and said he wants to be the defensive player of the year. Well, the Celtics' guard position is the worst at defending the three in the NBA. So I don't think that Avery's (laughs) off to the start that he wanted, Jimmy. So the the, the quick answer is, yeah, they got to play harder. They've got to sort of get back to what they were last year, a grinded-out team, a team that, that overachieved. It's not so easy to do, though. Last year... They were the hunter. This year, the, they're the hunted. Because of all the hype they were given in the offseason, teams face off against the Celtics, and they're ready to play them. Yeah. The Celtics aren't going to catch anybody by surprise this year. So the, 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 the challenge, game in and game out, is that much harder now that the Celtics have got expectations on their back.
1: Well, you know, I look at the, the progression of the Bill Belichick Patriots, right? And let's go back to when Bill Belichick took over the Patriots in the years when they first won... You know when they took their first Super Bowl, right? And they became the hunted after when before nobody was giving them a chance. I mean, they were like you know forty to one underdogs heading into that Super Bowl with the Rams, and they they shocked the world, right? And they come back and they don't even make the playoffs the next the next year. And what does Bill Belichick do the following year when they went on to win two straight? He took every little clip or every little thing he could grab onto, and he still does it today. To to convince his team that they were being disrespected, to convince them that they were the underdog in the eyes of many, that nobody was giving them a shot. Is that maybe an approach you could see Stevens taking?
9: I can. I can. Uh, It's tough to do. Because I think this is all
1: mental right now, man. I really do.
9: I I do. I I think it is, too. I absolutely think it is, too. And the problem in the NBA is that the game sort of, Creep up on each other, one after another, and when things start going south, I'll, I'll tell you this: the Celtics played with more effort in Washington than they played in their previous game. However, they played discombobulated, disjointed, and they didn't play like a team. The effort was there, but everything else wasn't there because things spiral out of control in the NBA. So, when, when you don't play with effort for a few games and, and, and you suffer a few losses, then then you try to overcompensate. You play "quote unquote" too hard. You play a little bit basketball up there, they don't think. And the Celtics can't do They're not talented enough to overcome a lack of effort and a, a lack of playing with some sort of cohesion um, on the court. And, and that's what the Celtics were last year. They were an effort team first, but they were a team that played with incredible team chemistry. Yeah. Uh, and, and they don't have the chemistry this year. The effort has been sporadic to, to sort of put it mildly through the first seven games.
1: Well, I look...
9: Go ahead. The good news is we have got, got a long time here to go, but but Celtics fans, you know, it's a, at the Garden tonight. I, I think the effort will be there. It's certainly a winnable game against the, the Knicks. The Celtics will look to get up back to 500. But what worries me, and I know you got to go, but what worries me is that this is the fourth game in a row that Al Horford's out in the concussion protocol. Now the word is that he's getting better, but four games for a concussion, it's not good in the no. NBA. It's usually two games pop in he... a week.
1: To, am I correct? He's got he's got a bit of a history with those, eh?
9: He does, he does, and that's what worries me here. you, you sort of took the words out of my mouth. This is not certainly not the first time yeah. that he's been through this, and we've seen it in other sports. The more you get hit in the head, the easier these concussions come on, the oh, yeah. longer they last, and the permanent damage is. Uh, well, we know what that story is.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, listen, you're going to be able to go off on them, but. You know, I hope we got enough venting out here that you can uh, you can praise your your family members that served our country and and, and think of more positive things. Uh, and I, you know what? it is early. They can recover. Uh, but like I said, I'm glad we're in agreement this is this is more mental right now, and it's a matter of just uh, getting straight, getting straight in the ahead, right?
9: That's all it is. They could use some of my family members, your family members, and
1: the good guy outside there, I forget his name, but he's always let me park my car where and when I should. That is Jason. Yep, yep. We sent the uh, anchors away to him. (laughs) Thanks, Jimmy. Yeah, he's a great one. Hey, good luck on the uh, pregame show today. We'll see you in a bit. And uh, don't forget, listeners, tune in here uh, for the Celtics pregame show right after the stretch run here on ESPN New Hampshire with your man Patrick Gilroy right there. Pat, have a good one, buddy. You too,
3: Jimmy.
1: And we will be back with the bagpiper and former Canadian military member. Scruffy Wallace joins us here in a stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. Stay with us.
0: You're listening to The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, right here on ESPN New Hampshire. The Apple Therapy Student-Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com.
1: I am speaking with Patrick Gillis, Apple Therapy Student-Athlete of the Month of October from Exeter High School. Patrick, how are you? Good. How are you, Laura? So, tell me a little about your experience at Exeter High. You played football mm-hmm. four years there.
8: So, it's been a really good experience both academically and uh, with sports. Like they, We have... I would say one of the best football programs in the state I and mean, constantly making playoffs year after year and then academically I've had like multiple options with um, pursuing kind of like the interests I have so I've had uh, lots of different science classes and I'm looking to go into engineering in the future so I've been able to go over to the Seacoast School of Technology and take engineering classes over there.
1: Nice. Where are you looking to go to college?
8: I've applied to some local schools and then some farther ones too. I'd say probably my first choice would be George Tech. I've also applied to UNH and Clemson and um, some other local schools that are specialized in engineering. How do you maintain a GPA of 4.92 and also maintain football
6: and National Honor Society, National Honor Technical Society, Class Treasurer, uh,
8: Co-President of Students Against Bullying, like, how do you maintain all these things? Pretty much every morning and early mornings having a meeting before class. And there's a lot of support from, like, my family and the teachers, too, to strive to do well.
0: Nominate your son or daughter. Sign up now at ESPNNHradio.com.
4: The bye week is over and now the Patriots open the second half of the season with a big game against Seattle in Foxborough Sunday night. This is ESPN New Hampshire's Pete Terrier inviting you to join me for a Bud Light Patriots viewing party at the brand new Buffalo Wa Wings inside the Pheasant Lane Mall in Nashua. We'll have lots of prizes and giveaways and someone watching the Pats at B-Dubs in Nashua is going home with an awesome Bud Light Patriots cooler. Buffalo Wa Wings now serving you game day greatness inside the Pheasant Lane Mall in Nashua.
2: Hey, Chelsea, guess what? I found out my friend at school is going to be moving into a new house. Oh, really? That's cool. Where is she moving to? They don't know yet. They're still looking. Do you think they'll ever be able to find a house? Oh, sure. Especially if they go to see Daddy at Pinnacle Mortgage. Right, Isabel?
0: That's
8: right, Chelsea. They'll get low rates, great service, and many options to choose from. You see, Pinnacle Mortgage offers FHA, VA, USDA, conventional, and New Hampshire Housing first-time buyer's programs. Right, Owen? No. That's right. So, Maddie, you should tell your friend's parents to go see dad and the staff at Pinnacle Mortgage.
6: Pinnacle Mortgage. Call 603 518 7900. Pinnacle Mortgage. 65 Market Street, Manchester. And online at PinnacleMTGCorp.com. Corp.com. Pinnacle Mortgage. NMLS number 1323739. Licensed by the New Hampshire Banking Department. Connecticut Mortgage Broker License number MB 1323739. Main Loan Broker License number 1323739. Kurt Stranson. NMLS number 22202. Equal Housing Opportunity. PinnacleMTGCorp.com. Corp.com.
2: The money-saving tip.
8: Co. at you with another money-making tip. How to save money effectively.
6: Tired of overpaying for stuff? Then head to ESPNNHradio.com and check out the ESPN New Hampshire Deals page. You can save up to 50% on deals from all your favorite local businesses and restaurants. Why pay full price when gift cards and gift certificates are only a few clicks away? So start saving now by going to ESPNNHradio.com and checking out the new ESPN New Hampshire Deals page. You're welcome.
0: This is where the sports fans tune for every big game. It's ESPN New Hampshire.
9: The borough. We fought in the great wars Beaumont, Hamel, Vimy, Ritchie, Great Francis, Normandy, Shores We fought and died in Korea We fought and died in Nam in the places that we cannot save for home and foreign lands We are the Canadians from up there in the north We stand for peace and freedom and if we must we'll go to war The best there is of what we do with that, make no mistake We are the serving men and women of the Red and White Brigade We are the mighty proud Canadians of the Red and White Brigade
1: And welcome back to The Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. Jimmy Murphy, your host here, Justin Sullivan, working the boards, and Bob Bartis alongside here in studio on this Veterans Day 2016. And, of course, in Canada, they have Remembrance Day as well. And on to join us is a a member of the Canadian military. He served in the Canadian Army, the 3rd Battalion, PPCLI, Princess Patricia's, and of course my phone freezes while I read that, (laughs) Princess Patricia's Canadian Light Infantry and the Calgary Highlanders. He was an infantry, rifleman, machine gunner, and a regimental bagpiper, and a good friend of mine, and you may have heard him formerly of the Dropkick Murphys and now in the Mahones, Scruffy Wallace, the best bagpiper around. How you doing, my friend?
7: What's up, Jimmy? How are you, buddy?
1: I got through that intro there. Those, uh, uh, I'm gl- I'm That's good. I'm out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's everything, my friend. Thank you for your service on this uh Veterans Day two thousand sixteen.
7: Hey, you know, uh I was just I was just lucky you got to come uh, come home, you know. A lot of my uh, good friends that didn't make it back there, the uh they were they're the real guys, you know.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and for our listeners uh tell them where where you served and uh and the time you were over there.
7: Um so I fought in, in uh Yugoslavia in nineteen ninety two to nineteen ninety three little
1: place called Evo. Yeah. It must have sure. been uh, interesting stuff, to say the least. Uh, really? Scruffy, you know, we see so many times, and obviously it's been a part of your life um, and it has helped you along, uh, the escape that, you know, and you know I'm a big music guy as well as sports, but the escape that both of those outlets serve uh, for soldiers and for military, um, just discuss the effect it had on you, I, I guess, before, during, and after you served for your country?
7: Well, um, let's see, you know, as a kid, I, I like to beat around with every other kid and just uh, play street hockey and hockey during the winter because there's nothing else to do except freeze. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I mean, that it, it always built that base of, you know, team play and, and uh, good, honest uh, competition and sport. And um, during the Army, um, played rugby and uh, boxed for a while. And then uh, after the Army, I, I found uh, solace in hockey again and, you know, snowboarding and, and uh, skateboarding and various other um, sporting-type things, I guess. Um, but I'd say, you know, hockey for me was probably always the thing that, grew, you know, I, I could fight, I could skate, I could, you know, try and stop a puck once in a while with my big fat head. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it was always just a great time. You know, even now, uh, you know, I, I'm... Um, Passionate Bruins fan. I, I have I've had season seats at the Garden for the last ten years. Anyway, so um, I was down last night. It was it was a great game. Um, defensively, they looked pretty good. It was probably the first game I've seen that yeah. the defense really stepped up. Yeah, um, Tuca didn't look too bad either. You know, even though it was just uh, Columbus, but uh, hey, whatever. A W is a W, and I'll take it at this point. You know.
1: Yeah and but you know when you got out of the service uh did you go right into uh, a band or were you working How did, I mean, that, I've, how did that start? Yeah,
7: I have been playing in bands since I was like 15. Um you know, we, I started uh, playing the pipes about uh, when I was about 14, 15 years old. Cool. And um I've always just been attracted to music and and uh, it's always been a very good outlet for me, I guess. Yeah. And so um I I piped in the military. Um I piped with um, you know, a pipe band and I was a uh, battalion pilot. I did a lot of funerals, obviously, um, when I was over in, in Yugoslavia and, uh, I did officers messes and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I got into bands before and after the war. And, uh, you know, it was after I got out of the army, I think it was, uh, five years before I got with dropkicks and then, um, you know, 13 years with them. And then, uh, once I got out of the dropkick Murphys, then I, um, anyway, I took a little break for about a year and just decided to, uh, Home with my kids, and and now I'm playing with my uh, you know longtime friend Finney McConnell and uh, and the Mahones. So um, that transition is uh, I mean I'll always play in bands. I'll always be doing it, um, no matter who I'm playing with on what size stage or whatever. I just love to play. So
1: you also do a lot for your fellow vets. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
7: Um, well, as far as that goes, I I'm uh, one of the executive board members in New England for Twenty Two Kill, which is a um, a veteran empowerment and awareness um, uh, program that we try to raise awareness um, that 22 veterans a day are killing themselves. Um, and that's just insane to me. Um,
3: yeah.
7: You know, we, we have guys, uh, you know, we have parents reaching out every every day to us saying that their son is, you know, withdrawing and we saw, it, we see all the flags. And, you know, unfortunately, in the last couple of weeks, we've lost a couple of guys um, to suicide, you know, so. I try to do that, and then uh, you know I help homeless veterans here in the city of Boston and uh, getting them jobs and, and off the street. Um, it seems like uh, the government's like to forget about us when we come home. They don't mind sending us over there, but when we come home and you know things are kind of looking down, they don't they don't really want to. Guys don't really want to ask for help, and nor is any uh, is any given. So I try to step in as a as a guy who's done it, and you know, and I can use my status as a uh, notable figure in the public eye, I guess, to mm-hmm. kind of you utilize that to kind of uh, raise better awareness.
1: Good on you, Bob. Uh,
8: Scruffy, it looks like I was reading up uh, here on your bio, and it looks like you guys just came home. The Mahones uh, just finished a European tour and uh, promoting the new compilation album out on Whiskey Devil Records and Sailor Grave Records.
7: We actually uh, we actually had to cancel that tour, unfortunately, because um, Vinny's brother uh, regrettably passed away. So, um, you know, with the the, the shock to the family, uh, you know, we just decided that was the best idea Uh just to kind of, you know, give him some time to kind of console and be with his family.
1: Is is the album still coming out though?
7: The album is out and, uh, we're actually going to start support touring for that, uh, in
1: January okay great and uh, Bob was also doing some research and he found out uh, about your favorite uh, adult beverages actually right, yes
8: yeah, scruffy I I need a clarification here uh, I'm I'm reading <laughs> up and I saw the you know Legavelin single malt scotch is one of your favorite beverages but there was also a reference to Miller High life and so my. Miller
7: High life is my go-to beer. <laughs>
8: All right. So m- my question is, I thought I was missing out here is is the combination of the two together like your version of a boilermaker or are these two separate drinks?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
8: yeah.
7: But those would definitely be two separate. Okay, yeah. Cuz okay. uh, cuz uh, yeah, otherwise I'm th- it a nice, <laughs> It's a nice, uh, nice dipping whiskey uh, if I was doing shots with uh, with uh, Miller High Life. I'd probably choose Mr. Jack Daniels.
8: Yeah. Well, that, that's what I thought, because I'm, I'm pointing this out to Jimmy, and I said, am I missing something? Because <laughs> if this is a new combination, when I have the family come over for Thanksgiving, forget the mimosas, we're having a scruffy. I'm putting the <laughs> two of these together.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't think any soldier could handle that with his stomach. That would be tough. I mean, that, would, that, that, that could would get be, ugly. That
7: would be... That would be very ugly. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah for sure. Um, uh, Scruffy, before we let you go, so when will the next uh, gig locally in New England be uh, for the Mahones? You know, uh, that I'm
7: not really sure of yet. I know we're going to make up those dates in Europe, and then uh, once we get back, we'll probably start working on a new record, and then um, we'll we'll obviously be touring nonstop um, in the summertime. So probably next summer, I would I would think we would be back coming back
1: home. All right, awesome. Well, listen, when that happens, we've got to get you on the show, and we'll uh, we'll promote it. Maybe we can get the band in, in studio here and play a little uh, acoustic set, A little acoustic number or something, absolutely. Yeah, yeah let's make it happen, because we're going to start up a music segment soon on the stretch run, so definitely love to have you, you guys it, be man. a part of it. All right, Scruffy, thank you so much, and, of course, thank you See for you. your service, all right?
7: Take care, man, and uh, thanks to all the other vets out there listening to the show, and uh, God bless everyone.
1: Of course. Uh, that is Scruffy Wallace of the Mahones joining us here on the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. Two hours down, one to go. It's almost time for Gabriel Morenci. But first, we'll talk a little Patriots with Phil A. Perry from CSNNE.com. So stay with us. We'll be back.
3: Hey. Haven't seen you in a while. Say... I miss your little...